Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Austin. My God, Alex disappears for one week and it just all crumbles down. I'm sure I go after Joel normally. I'm sure of this. Doesn't I'm matter. Gav. I'm uh, Dave. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. I'm, I'm Austin. Austin. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what, it's, Alex, I, I was going to spend this episode making fun of you, but you know what, you are sorely missed. You're, mu- you're a much more important tool in the system than I, than I thought. It's definitely a tool. <laughs> <laughs> so just like Train to Busan, our life or death survival begins. Which is true, because if one of you accidentally lets my cats into the kitchen again to roam free and eat everything, then it will be the death of you all. Um, so... If you've never heard this show before, then tape up your wrists and get your baseball bats ready because it's going to be a bumpy, zombie-filled train ride. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a lot of banter. I will apologize now. I do have a bit of a sore throat. It's making me sound more like Kathleen Turner than I'd anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) you're flattering yourself mate (laughs) so apologies if i lose my voice by the end of this but uh, this week's film on trial as i said before is train to busan Uh, ozzy i don't have a a train sound effect um (laughs) (laughs) oh i don't why do i even carry that little machine around with me because you're just as good Uh, so just to say, this will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's available for free on Amazon Prime. Well, essentially not for free. You've got to have an Amazon Prime subscription, but it's free if you do. <laughs> um, so do do check it out. Uh, and you can either listen to the episode after you've watched it, or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to the our quiz this week brought to you by me, uh, which we'll highlight in the comments section below. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was actually Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? It's that like an orange being smashed. It, it, it was an orange machine. being thrown against the cash machine. Um, so, Literally. Joel, you judge that trial and you deem that it should be placed on the shit list wrongly. Uh, but you've since gone away and you've watched the film. <laughs> did you make the right decision? I don't think I did. You know, it's ridiculously shit. <laughs> I, 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 you guys all thought that I would like it, and it, you know it, it is kind of funny in parts, but it is fucking terrible. So I think it's on the, the right place. Really. Maybe, maybe like just the very, very top of the shit list. Like it's a bit no, of cream that's, that's but, rising to the top. I don't think so. I think it's like you know, if you left cottage cheese out in the sun for two days, that's that's tango and cash. Oh, that's bad. That's, that's really bad. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for that, Joel. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're thinking about cottage cheese in the sun, though? <laughs> I am. I'm just, I'm just so upset, to be honest, that uh, Tango and Cash is on the shit list still. I just can't get over it. Anyway, so um, what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about a little bit of news. Hang on. <laughs> that'll do that'll do we got it <laughs> like literally I just panicked I just panicked and I thought I don't have I don't have a song that's a very different episode if there'd been an outbreak on one of the carriages I would have loved to have seen that there Ringo Starner eating that <laughs> okay so uh, so what we do here is we go around the circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week so speaking about trains James Gunn is back on board get it for <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Joel, 
you usually have a stonker for any MCU related things. How are you feeling about this one? Um, well, when I read this news article, there was a few things actually that I want to mention. One of them, it said that Suicide Squad is not a sequel. It is going to be a reboot. So it's, oh, really? it must be like the quickest kind of reboot in, in history. It is. Um, but I think it, I think it's good news. You know, I think we've all kind of said things and done things in the past that, um, you know, we're, we're not proud of. And I think... Especially you. Look. I don't know if I've done anything as bad as him, no. Yeah. I was just about to say, thank God Austin's <laughs> been here to record them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, who are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. I know. No, but, I, I had it all mine out. <laughs> If only James Gunn could have done that. Or, yeah, yeah. or if only James Gunn had had an Aussie at the wheel, he, yeah. would, have been, he would have been safe. That's why he needed a better publicist who'd have just gone back and deleted those tweets. Uh, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it's good news. Look, all, all the casting characters and, and all that are behind him. And he's done a really good job with The Guardian so far. So it can only be good news. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I mean, I much prefer sort of the James Gunn approach to it, which is apologize before... Uh, they get uh, found and then apologize again and then sort of keep yourself to yourself keep that sort of quiet sort of dignity keep on apologizing uh reaching out to communities that you might have offended and then hopefully you know an olive branch will be passed out you know it d- doesn't kind of um make up for seeing him in the first place but as you said you know he's younger he's more of an idiot back then and you know he's learned from what he's done i'd rather much like somebody like something like James Gunn do that as opposed to like, you know, Kevin Hart's response, which is just ignoring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, so I'm glad that he's, he's back on because Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 were great and they were going to go ahead with his script regardless. So the best person to handle his script, I suppose, is him. So fingers crossed it's as good as the first two. Okay, so the other bit of news we wanted to speak about was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's much anticipated ninth film is going to be released, I think it's in about August, but official posters have been released today, one featuring Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate and one featuring both Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Dave, you've seen those posters. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm a big Tarantino fan anyway, but uh, I think this this film has got real potential for him. I think this could be a good one. It's got a great cast assembled. Margot Robbie, fantastic actress, looks a lot like Sharon Tate. I've got startlingly so. I think that's some very good casting there. And um, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, they're not playing real people, I don't believe. But still, you know, it's good casting, the good stars. DiCaprio's worked with Tarantino before and they got good results together. Uh, I think that's great. And I've just got to say, Brad Pitt isn't really recognisable as Brad Pitt. And that's not because they've done some great makeup work. It's not because they changed the color of his hair. That is some bad photoshopping on Brad Pitt. Just have, <laughs> have a look at this poster and I like, just Google it and have a look at Brad Pitt's face. It it doesn't look anything like Brad Pitt. No, no, it, that is, it, but it goes, Leonardo DiCaprio looks like, it, you know, looks like he's been airbrushed a little bit, hmm. but it looks exactly like Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt, it looks like his face has been superimposed on uh, like just a 70s porn star's body <laughs> it, like, his face is firstly too big for its own head i i it just looks ridiculous i don't i don't understand who has put this poster together but it just as you said it looks glaringly bad it, it's startlingly bad so that, that it's worth checking out just for that bad photoshop anyway but another film looks good it's it, i'm excited about this one it could be interesting i do question whether tarantino is the man to handle a subject as sensitive as the uh, the Manson family murders, but I guess time will tell. I, I was just going to say, what, what do we know roughly what he's going to deal with? Or yeah, it's going to be the Manson family is going to be a big part of it. And like I say, I'm not sure whether he's got the sensitivity to deal with that. But I'll give him benefit of the doubt. He is an intelligent screenwriter, and we'll just have to see. 
I'm gonna yeah, come in on. Either. I'm gonna come in on the Alex side of the argument. Tarantino definitely doesn't have the, uh, <laughs> the subtlety or the or the you know the finesse to deal with something quite as um as a you know topical as that. You know, mm. yeah. So, <laughs> I, I will point out, by the way, Ozzy, that we have spoken about this topic several times on the show. So it shows how it. much you've been paying I don't attention. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dave, you, you likened Brad Pitt's picture in this as uh, early 80s Chevy Chase. Before. That was my first thing when I saw it. I was like, yeah, this is a poster for National Lampoons or something. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, Alex is not with us today. Um, he's not feeling very well. Um, so, you know, instead of just being mean to him, I, I'm actually going to say, I hope you get bad, better, Alex, honestly, because these shows revolve around us insulting you to your face. And it's just not, <laughs> it's not as good when you're not here to laugh them off. Uh, so anyway, so instead of Alex's film feels, I'm going to pass the mantle back over to Dave for another installment of Dave's film feels. <laughs> wow. Very, very regal. Regal. Yeah. That's what I was going for. I was going for regal. <laughs> it's a shame Bruce he never gets those kind of fanfares, but I guess his, uh, his commitment's just lacking these days. <laughs> In Alex's absence, he's not sent me a film feel, uh, unfortunately. He, he's not so well. But one I wanted to ask you guys about, favorite action sequence on a train. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I've got two, I think, that came to mind. My first one is um, Spider-Man 2. Oh yeah! Oh, good nice, one. very uh, good one. You know, just the whole sequence is excellent, and how it ends with them, with him, uh, without his mask on, and and that type of stuff, really good. But the second one was, uh, I think it's the first Mission Impossible. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the, good shout. The train, then it goes in the tunnel, and then he's got like the explosive gun, the helicopter being dragged yeah. along behind. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's a good mean, one. Really if good you one. go back and watch that, like years later, it, it is a bit ridiculous. But I think oh, yeah, they can just so about manage. Yeah. yeah, I think they can just about <laughs> manage getting away with it. And David Schneider as well, a UK comedian, you know, from Alan Partridge. He's the train conductor as well. <laughs> oh God, yeah, he is. <laughs> I forgot about that. Only, only knows exactly the week. Um, I, I, I'm similar to Joel. I think I've got a couple. Um, firstly predator 2 of course i mean obviously um <laughs> uh, every single time the lights go off on a train i always think to myself predators on the roof you do you, you, <laughs> you say it out loud sometimes as well yeah. <laughs> well i mean like it's it, as you said it's just it's just one of those tra- um those those film moments i think that I, I i mean say what you want about predator 2 i think that that whole scene was very very memorable um and the other one for me i, I, just, I was thinking out there choices um, broken arrow <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a great action sequence i'll give you that yeah, yeah. My, uh, um, oh yeah for me yeah i reckon the same scene as joel but mm-hmm. done in um the latest spider-man the cartoon one that was um <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly the same scene yeah. but i thought yeah. it was done pretty well that was good or the train in back to the future three nice because that's um yeah, that's, that's all done in camera as well which i thought was quite nice that crash where it goes down into the uh, yeah. into the ravine so yeah all good shouts all good shout i'll do i'll do alex a solid while he's not here and say mine is probably from russia with love which yeah. i think alex might approve of to Definitely. be honest <laughs> that fight between sean connery and um robert shaw is just by even by today's standards brutal oh yeah just yeah. two guys trying to kill each other in a train carriage it's uh it's a hell of a fight uh closely linking into bonds 
Um, uh, there is a film I remember, which is just awful, with Pierce Brosnan called Death Train. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd highly recommend people check that out. It's essentially like Under Siege 2, but without the script. <laughs> 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 Not that Under Siege 2 ever had a script, to be honest. Yeah, but you've got a lot of good action sequences on trains. <laughs> true, true. Okay, so thank you very, very much for that, Dave. Um, so on to the bulk of the show. Uh, as we mentioned before, this week's film on trial is Train to Busan. Aussie. All aboard! I've also got this, hang on. Which is um, a sound by Alex Sensors before. <laughs> Telling us how He's really is. not well, is he? <laughs> this is it, man. It's the T-virus. <laughs> Okay, uh, so it's been picked uh, by our good friend Joel. Uh, so, Joel, would you like to give a brief explanation as to why you picked this film? Um, not really. <laughs> right, thank you, you very much. Going to do it in your argument? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. everything that I say. Will tell you everything that you need to know. But um, that's all I'm going to say. Right, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that, mate. Actually, so as Joel has picked the film, he will be acting as the defense and trying to get the film placed on the hit list. Joel is just like Suk Wu. Uh, we're not entirely sure what he does for a living, but we wouldn't be surprised if it involved screwing a lot of people over. <laughs> <laughs> now, all of the other roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So in the role of prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Ozzy. Ozzy is a bit like Yon Suk. He's a shitbag who would throw... <laughs> <laughs> who would throw any wow. one of us into a horde of zombies if it would mean saving himself. <laughs> I, I, I'm not wrong, though, am I? We've all done a zombie experience together. I don't remember him doing... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as Mike, when Mike literally did leave us all to die. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> right, so, uh, just like a real court advocate, Ozzy will be making the best case for his role. This may or may not be his real opinion, though, so stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear his genuine thoughts. Now, in the role of character witness and lending, his genuine opinion to each argument is me. I'm just like Jin He. I start off fresh-faced, well, sorry, I started off fresh-faced and optimistic, but over time I've slowly started to decay and become <laughs> more filled with murderous friend-biting rage. True that, true that. <laughs> yeah, no, go for that. It is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, which means this week Captain Dave has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Dave is a bit like Ingil and Young Gil. Uh, he may look fairly youthful, but he sounds like he's at least 60. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, listen back to that Where Eagles Dare episode the other day, and you're talking about these actors <laughs> who haven't been alive for a long time. Doesn't mean we need to forget them. <laughs> okay, uh, now, now Dave must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Uh, unfortunately, Alex can't be with us today. He was going to be another character witness, and uh, it's, it's lucky for him because I was going to compare him to the homeless character. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but before we get started, I think that we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what the film is about. So let us spin that wheel of impressions. Okay, so this week it has landed on Aussie. <laughs> so, um, Aussie, make uh, a good right? One, guys. <laughs> I think. Make, make How's a... your career? <laughs> Surprisingly uh, bad. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to play it safe here and say, Ozzy, can you read out the synopsis of uh, Train to Busan in the style of a zombie? I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll um, second it. You know what? I don't even know why I'm trying to get the... Um, <laughs> <actually bring> it <laughs> 
So, no, if, if you watch certain zombie films... Oh, there we go. <laughs> Why... <laughs> Why do you even have <laughs> the synopsis out in front of you? <laughs> you're like, you're holding it out like you're actually reading what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I know, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> and the reason I delayed as well is so I could read what was going to be there. I know, you like delayed and I was like, oh, we must be trying to do, you know, the old sort of like classic 80s, like brains. But like, no, you were getting the synopsis up just so you could go, Bleh. Because that's what they sound like, isn't it? Yeah, well done, mate. Well, well, I've got to admit, the cat's reaction was priceless. <laughs> Passed out with fear. Okay, so without further hesitation, uh, Dave... Would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yeah, by all means. So, Train to Busan, I think, is this the first Korean film we've done? I think it is. Yes, we're not, we've probably. Done, we've not done many foreign language. Yeah, it must be. So, yeah, this will be interesting. Um, and um, who would like to go first? We've got defense, prosecution. Joel, do you want to go? Yep. Cool. Okay, so the zombie genre is obviously one that's become more and more saturated over the years, especially since the release of super popular shows such as The Walking Dead and further releases of games like Resident Evil. And it makes it all the more difficult for a film to feel fresh, to keep tension and stakes high, and to keep you interested in the characters and the story. But Train to Busan does all of these things and more besides. It's the best zombie film of recent times by a long way. One of the reasons The Walking Dead is so successful, in my opinion, is it shows human nature at its best and at its worst, that sometimes the monsters outside aren't the ones you should be afraid of. And here we've got a very dynamic group of characters, some good, some evil, uh, but more about those a little bit later on. So although this may not be a completely fresh kind of take, you know, zombie films are all very similar in structure and style, it is kind of a different take on the genre. Normally you'd have some survivors... They find a place to hide out, usually a shopping mall. Somebody freaks out and does something stupid. Place gets overrun and, you know, you move on to the next film. But here, the film takes place on a train, which immediately ramps up the tension. There's nowhere to run and hide. There's no safe haven. And you always have that kind of thought in the back of your mind that it's kind of time is against them. And the first zombie scene on the train is extremely well done and it doesn't take long. It's, you know, kind of four or five minutes since they've kind of got on the train that this scene happens. Uh, one thing that I really like here is the way the humans actually turn into the zombies. It's just, it's very creepy. It's probably one of the best um, done, like, full stop in a zombie film. They don't just kind of get up and rise from the dead. Their bodies convulse, almost kind of like exorcist-like, and they move in very, very non-human ways. Their eyes and faces become enraged. Their eyes look a lot different than what we're used to as well. They go a lot darker. Uh, and we see nothing of the typical slow-moving zombies here that are easily outwitted, outwitted sorry, and outran. Uh, these zombies can run, they can jump, and they're genuinely a lot more dangerous than what we normally see. And again, because of this fact, you're always um, kind of feeling the tension and you're always under the impression that the survival of the group is on a knife edge. Uh, but equally important as the, as the zombies and characters is the writing, the placement, and the execution of the set pieces. And the director, Yong Sang-ho, uses the constricted environments of the train to expertly pace the movie and escalate the stakes from station to station and train car to train car. The set pieces are so full of adrenaline that really it would be hard to be just do them justice. But two of my favorites, the first one features an ill-advised stop at a station that is supposedly under National Guard protection. 
Now, if you've seen zombie films before, you know how it works. You always know that this has been overrun. Uh, but that's kind of how it seems like the this work now it's like in in a horror movie when you know the the scare is coming um it builds the tension because it kind of wants you to know that it's coming so it builds the tension and tension so that it's almost a relief when it happens and it's the same here as the group of survivors kind of make their way through the abandoned station and down a slow moving escalator uh, the tension of the inevitable reveal kind of ramps up and then the other outstanding sequence for me involves uh, three of the survivors who have to make their way through uh, horde, through the horde, sorry, in three different cars using only conventional weapons and the cover of darkness provided by tunnels. And it becomes apparent when in the dark and silence, the zombies are docile. And so they try to use this to their advantage. But again, it's a very, very tense sequence. You really get the feeling that if they make one wrong move, it could be a disaster. One major plus for me as well which sounds really, really strange considering this is a zombie film, but the violence and gore isn't nauseating. It's not over the top here. So many horror films, and especially zombie films, kind of go over the top with this stuff. There's no kind of pointless sequences of heads exploding or people's heads getting like ripped apart in seconds. Um, and they combine that with some cinematography, really, that Hollywood can really, really learn from. There's no shaky cam- camera work, and the result is a really, really finely polished film. So all in all, it's a very well-done film. It shows that the genre has still got life left in it. Characters and story don't have to take a backseat to gore and scares, and everybody should give this one a go. Okay, thank you very much. Austin, I take it you disagree. I do disagree, yeah. I mean, I, there, there are some good bits in this film, and, um, and, I, and I think, yeah, it's... It's okay, but in a you know in a world like Joel uh, agreed to, you know where you've got things like um, The Walking Dead, you've had like World War Z, you've had you know Twenty Eight Days Later, whatever these big hit zombie films, which are you know which are scary and really popular. It's not enough to just be okay, you know. It's it's just a fine film. It's nothing special about it, but it's just overrated as I see. And one of the the big things, I just think it's it's overhyped. Um, <clears throat> so like it's quite quite cringy at times a bit cheesy um and i guess that's more to do with the the korean cinema style rather than um than anything in you know in particular but it, it's it's what we're trying to judge aren't we trying to judge whether this is a, a hit film but um just a bit cheesy there are scenes in there that are quite comic book-esque so you start off and i thought maybe the first you know the setup was quite good you don't you don't learn too much about you know the typical zombie gets started that it's oh some chemical spill you know, you can gloss over that because you know what you're getting involved with. That's not the story. You, you're introduced to characters quite quickly, which was which was good. You get a bit, just enough backstory about people. So you learn about um, uh, Siok Won. I can't remember his name. I'm oh, sorry. Young, young Suk. Yeah, um, you know that he's... Um, <coughs> Siok Woo. All right. Well, you, uh, sorry. <laughs> you learn you learn immediately one letter off me but it makes a difference you know, I can imagine it does. Um, what I was trying to get at though is you learn about him immediately he's um, he, he's divorced um, he's found a new thing to spend his time on and that's his job he's just driven with his job he's a hedge fund manager or something so automatically you know it's just it's typical everyone's put into uh, pigeonholes immediately you know so this guy you must hate him because he doesn't care about anyone doesn't care about his daughter he wasn't at her recital or whatever you know he watches this um, song recital through a camcorder 
So it's set it's set up quite well to begin with, but it it is stereotypical. So you already know what's going to happen. You know, he's going to get he's he's going to be redeemed by the end. It's just that's just <coughs> what you're going to see. It's you're getting involved with something, and it's very predictable. It's um it's just not um I don't think it's original in in the slightest. To be honest with you, you get onto this. It moves forward, then they get on the train. She just his, his daughter just wants to see his um, see her mom. Eventually, they get on the train. That then they're traveling through. And at times, I thought, yeah, this is exciting. This is um, the action sequence. The first time the zombies get on, you know, that is impeccable. You could tune in just to watch that first one. That's that is pretty scary. And then it repeats itself, and it repeats itself. You don't know how long the train is. They're just going through. It's a passenger train, so every single carriage that they have to get through, it's the same carriage. It's like if you were playing, I don't know, like Tetris or something. You know, you go through one level, um, you get rid of all of the all of the all of the zombies or all of the lines, and then the next thing you're into the next train, you've got exactly the same task, just with a few different zombies, but it's the same pattern over and over and over again. Maybe Pac-Man. You know, it's <laughs> it's fun, but it's a bit dated. You know, mm. and that's what that's why I felt like with this, it was the same. The same carriage over and over again, um, and all the characters are just just pretty much um, just very stereotypical, um, but set up fairly well. It, it's just it's not great, and that's what I'm trying to trying to get out there. So all of those bits are, are good. It, it's effective enough, but it's just not it's not anything special over the top. Um, sorry, let me just scroll down a little bit. The characters are a bit whiny, like it's a bit cheesy and whiny. Um, and they make all of the normal zombie film mistakes and tropes, you know, like just close the doors behind them. They learn very quickly that if the zombies can't see you and the zombies aren't clever enough to open the door, nobody nobody closes doors. They just let these zombies come plowing through and uh, and then nobody covers the, the window, cover it up at the very start so you know the zombies can't get them. And they just stop covering it. And then it, it just seems they started off as incredibly scary zombies and then they were just, um, you can just defeat them so very quickly they just stopped becoming they, they were no longer scary you know as soon as you found out this weakness that they don't see you they're just not scary anymore and then the whole film just disintegrated from about an hour inwards and it just that's when it got quite comic booky so the um they have this sort of redemption section so you've got the um you've got our main main character then then he's met up with um i can't remember the guy's name but he's i think he's a wrestler in real life is he i don't know um i can't Oh, um, big muscly guy. Yeah, the big yeah, muscly then, guy. But then Dong Siuk Ma. Dong Siuk. Yeah. So then he wraps sellotape, like what Gav alluded to uh, at the start, wraps sellotape around his uh, around his wrists, and then just goes and takes on a load of zombies who they've already watched. Takes one bite, and you you become a zombie. He's just there. No, no worries. He's just going to fight the zombies. Like the three of them just walk through the through the carriages, just fighting zombies to get to the front. Um, and it, and it becomes almost. It is a comic from that point. You know, it's, it's action heavy. It's fine. It's entertaining, but it's not. It's not a great zombie film. It's just. It's just a, a background watch at some points. You know, you start laughing at some some bits of it. It's no longer a scary horror film. It's just a just a guy. There's a scene where he like throws a zombie for This guy's just got superhuman strength, which didn't exist previously. You know, it, it just started so well. And it just deteriorated into into essentially nothingness. For me, it was fine, it was entertaining, but it was uh, it it wasn't it wasn't a, a great train train ride. It was like it's like taking the ride to I don't know to Houston and back again. 
put in uh, in with the commoners rather than the first class. You know, it <laughs> which, wasn't. Which sometimes it, is more frightening than zombies. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was just a little bit tedious by right. the end. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Joel. Uh, before I go over to Gab, anything you want to rebut? Or um, not especially. Just that all his arguments are shit. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, Gavin, so you've seen Trendy Persan. I want to know where you stand on this. Now, Austin's take on it is that the film is all right. It's passable. But in this genre, you need to excel. You need to bring something more to the table. And he says there was no originality there. Joel, however, says that this is quite an original film. There's a lot of tension to it. And the action sequences deserve some praise. There is a little originality to it. Um, and I think a character is going to be talked about in the next point as well. Uh, by me, yeah. In, yeah. in, in more, more detail, yeah. I will ask you about characters another time. I just want to know about the film and the setting for now then, Gavin. Okay, firstly, I think that's the first time you've called me Gavin in about 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel authoritative. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I can see some of the points that Austin's talking about. I feel like I'm agreeing mostly with Joel and Paul. Um, to kind of back up some of Ozzy's points, it did become a little bit repetitive. Like once they'd worked their way through one carriage of, of zombies and then they had to do like three successive carriages and then that happened again later on in the film. It did feel a little bit like more of the same. Um, but I suppose if you're going to set a film on a train, you are already restricting yourself with what you can do. Um, I, 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 I can see all these points about the sort of like the super, uh, super active elements, the, you know, the, how the guy was sort of like superhuman at some points. Mm. That didn't really bother me that much. Um, I did think the direction was really, really good. Um, there's, there's a scene right at the very end with Sukwu. He like falls off the train, but it's done in um, with the with the camera work is focusing on the shadows. <laughs> I thought that was really well done. I did thought I was even. I thought that was good. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really shit. I just <laughs> thought like, oh, you know what, guys? I don't know if we can really get the CGI for that with the backgrounds. We're not really going to be able to 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 capture him falling. How about we just have a silhouette of a guy just... Oh, I thought that was great. Tripping yeah. off the back. I, I was interested to hear your take on the direction. Cause I don't, what's the director's name again? It was mentioned by Joel before. Um, Young Sang-ho. Young Sang-ho. I believe, stop me if I'm wrong, that his background is animation. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I did so want to know what kind of job he did in live action. I think the, the, the editor was really great in this. And I think some of the direction was good. You can tell that he had a, a background in animation because some of the bigger crowd scenes and some of the bigger action scenes... They were very sort of comic booky. Um, I know that's not really a word, but <laughs> they were comic booky. I, I understand what you but mean. That's, but that's that's the feeling I got. Is that it was like a bit of a there was some sort of jarring thing about like frame rates. So it was it was well done, mm. but it did it didn't feel like. I mean, it's not meant to feel like reality, is it? Yeah. But, it, but it, mm. there were scenes within the film where you thought this is quite realistic, and maybe I can get behind some characters. And then suddenly there were scenes which were just over the top um, and this change in frame rate and it just became jarring and it became uh, like surreal, like overly, I don't know, I can't really think yeah, what the word I, is to describe mm. it, but it was a, it took you away from the fear and it became, well, it's just a, okay. it's just a film. 
Yeah, I can see. I can see what you're saying. I mean, it, what, there was a sort of overly realistic tone to it, and then every now and again there'd be like these unbelievable bits peppered throughout. Like uh, there's a scene later on where the zombies are running after the train. The, it's the final train <laughs> that they're on, and the, the, the it's zombies running from loads of different directions trying to run to the back of this train, and they all just smash into each other and create this like kind of wave effect, like a, like an ocean just like bashing against the side of a. We've seen wall. something like that in World War Z as yeah, well. Yeah. Exactly, it was, it was, it essentially, that, it was yeah. essentially that scene. Does anyone know but, which came first, World War Z or this? Because one thing I did want to ask you about, Gav, <laughs> originality, just quickly. What do you think about the originality of the film? I'd say the story was was simple. Uh, mm. I think it's something that we've seen before, definitely. But it was effective. You know, it, it didn't sort of it wasn't overly convoluted. It didn't bog down at some points. Uh, it, it was it flowed naturally as well. I mean, it was quite quick in its pace. Um, sometimes maybe a bit too quick. Uh, originality wise, I think yeah, it was it's fairly original for for a zombie film. Definitely, uh, as Joel was saying, the way that the zombies reanimate that was done very well. I think uh, they used a lot of dancers, or this is my opinion anyway, because some of the movements were obviously natural. They weren't done by CGI, and um, so there's a lot of people who could kind of contort themselves into odd shapes. And there's, there's one scene of this guy running after the train, and his his right arm is all the way like up the side of his left arm over his head. It looks very odd, but you know it, it, it was very, very effective. Um, so, so maybe not like uh, it wasn't groundbreaking. It wasn't like Night of the Living Dead uh, original, but it was original enough, definitely. Okay, thank you very much. Um, second points, uh, Austin. Do you want to take second point first? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I know um, Joel likes to do sort of uh, casting characters, uh, more certainly characters and, and development in his in his second point and. For me, I think that was one of the stronger points of the film, but it was still it was still lacking because of the stereotypes. So I didn't I didn't mind it too much. Like I set up in the first bit, is that it's very clear who people are, but then there was just a little bit of a a disconnect between the actions of people. And I think what I've read through, and and I think a lot of the critical reviews of this is that it's a it's a really you know it's a very innovative take or a, quite a bold take on on like the class system. And, and about decisions that people make, but I really think that gives it too much credit. You know, you, the, the the characters are in, just they are in a pigeonhole straight throughout. So they they they're there, they do their job, but they're not really fleshed out in any way. You know, the main character, he he does. You know, I would say if anything, they stand out and the acting stands out. So I would actually disagree with uh, Gav as his. Um, you know, he's not really there, but in terms of the direction. Um, I think as the actors do the better job um, in reality, I think they do a pretty good job of acting it through. But I just feel as though that, that some of it, it's just lacking. I mean, um, the, the girl's name's Sue Ann. Um, so at first I thought she did. She doesn't got a lot to do. She, you know, she's a, is she's this a kid. This the, is the daughter we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So she's just there. She She witnesses a whole host of incredible things and it's her birthday you know and so she but she does a good job of expressing fear and being um for what little she does i'd say she does she does a good job but it's just i don't know it's like the direction i feel is just it's incredible a little bit uh i can't think of the word but it's lacking you know it's it's, um you're you're watching these these scenes unfold and then the, the characters just they're just there they're just doing whatever they did they make silly decisions they make um just plot devices you know they're they're not they're not what you would do you've just learned something like two minutes before 
and then you forget it immediately. You know, like the character, I mean, the character learns something about a task, about a person, and then they immediately forget it just in order to progress. So there's, um, there is a, a good bit of a scene, I think Joel um, alluded to it, and it's where um, he talked about sometimes it's not the monsters outside that you've got to worry about, it's the monsters inside. And um, that started off as quite a good little story, a little twist where the guys, they finally make it to the safe carriage when they get there, the people in the safe carriage don't trust them. And I thought, okay, this is exciting again. But then it just turned further into comic book, uh, comic book villain territory. There's one guy there and, you know, he's a, he's a head of a corporation oh, naturally. The, yeah. So worst. he is the worst clearly. And he's, um, he's willing, this is who, uh, so Gav compared me to essentially, this guy's willing to push <laughs> anyone, so. anyone in, in front of a bus, you know, in front of a zombie, in order to get his way. So in front of a bush, did you just yeah, say? In front of a bush, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, Scary bushes. I've, I've never, I've, I've, I've barely ventured outside of the UK. And, you know, I'm not one to take any risks, mate. If it's a bush, that's not... You know, get someone in else city. in the way. Just I, live in a, I live you, in a city. I, you know, if it's not a concrete wall, I'm You can get septicemia and blood poisoning from a thorn bush, so, you know... Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. So they, my, they my go. fears are... And, and Japanese knotweed can bring down a building. So, you know. <laughs> so I'm, my fears are well-founded. <laughs> but um, So this guy, um, it's just incredibly... He becomes a comic book hero. Uh, comic book villain, sorry. And um, I, I, it, then when he gets to his end, to his, his death, he just doesn't really... He doesn't really get what he deserves, you know? He's just sort of pushed off the back of a train. And it's... It's a bit of a letdown considering how much they vilified him and he's become the absolute villain. And it felt as though he became the villain in order to stop our, our chap, who is the real villain. He's the guy who actually caused the outbreak, which is alluded to. You know, him him and his uh, greedy ways, that's that's what actually caused the zombies. He's the, the entire cause of the whole situation. And then by the end of that, you, you know, you've, you've become to hate this other guy. Who's sort of like a, a bit part character, really? It's just people are there; they do an okay job. Acting is good, but um, it's just very stereotypical. And and people are people are all there as plot devices. They're not um, they're not massively fleshed out. They're just enough, just enough backstory to them to um, to care. But I don't think you really care until the very very end. Okay. Yeah. John, thank you very much, Joel. Uh, I think you want to come back at us with some points on characters. Uh, yeah, so just to quickly mention about stereotypes, you know, Ozzy's not really wrong, but that when you kind of see uh, the main character, um, Sukwu, uh, you know that kind of he's going to have like a redemption arc. But like, with like so many films, it's not, you know, it's not the surprise in how they turn out. It's about watching that story unfold, which is the interesting part. And zombie films. You know, although they're mainly about the zombies, they live and die on the characters. If you don't care about them and you don't want them to survive, the film is obviously going to fall flat on its arse. Um, unless, of course, you get pure pleasure out of seeing them eaten alive. Um, <laughs> but the characters here, you know, this is where I'm going to massively disagree with Austin. They're so well-developed. This is what completely sets it apart from any other zombie film. There are similarities in terms of story, in terms of... Um, you know, set pieces, that type of thing. But the characters here are all completely uh, unique. There's pretty much no cannon fodder. The women, for example, they're all really re- resourceful and strong, uh, even the child. 
Uh, there's so many standout performances here as well that it's hard to narrow them down. The film primarily focuses on the story of the father and the daughter, so I'll uh, highlight their performances first. Uh, Yu Gong portrays the father, uh, Suk Wu, and not only does he do an excellent job, but his character has also got, for me, one of the more compelling story arcs from a zombie film yet. Uh, and with the help of his daughter, Suk Wu goes from being an absentee father to a man who will go through anybody to protect his daughter uh, and then finally ends up as a really good person who realizes that he's got to shoulder some responsibility for the lives of the other people around him. And it's a fascinating and it's a really actually realistic progression um, that Yu Gong brings to life as well. And Suan Kim is phenom- phenomenal as the daughter, sorry, who's also named Suan in the film. Uh, and she's clearly the heart of the film. She shows that good can come out of stressful situations. And she's meant to shine as kind of like the opposite of the evil parts of the human nature. Uh, and she shows us that in spades. She's another example of the many great child actors that have come out of the woodwork in the last kind of few years. And when the story kind of briefly steps off the tracks and the action continues to be gripping, this is largely due to the uh, narrative extending beyond the two main characters. The secondary characters have their own individual stories, even taking precedence at crucial moments. And this compels the audience to be emotionally invested in them as well as the main characters. Their fates have a significant impact on the overall plot. Uh, Dong Suk Ma, who's the kind of muscly guy, and Yumi Jung, who is the lady who survives at the end. Uh, both of them have their own stories to tell, and you become invested in both of those characters, as you do with members of the sports team as well. And like I said at the start of this kind of point, if you don't care about these characters in zombie films, then you don't care about the film. But here, you really start to uh, you know feel things for these characters. And the inclusion of a human villain introduces additional conflict as selfish people make stupid decisions that repeatedly cost the lives of others for no good reason. Um, and there's a lot of themes that run throughout this f- film as well, and responsibility, selfishness, uh, sorry, selfishness, selflessness, and sacrifice are all recurring films here, and they require people to think and act on behalf of others to survive. And the evil Yu Sung Kim, I think he's called, as Yong Yon Suk is somebody who you will truly despise, especially because his actions cause the father to ultimately lose his life in the end. And the scene where he does lose his life, uh, you know, I would bet anybody not to feel uh, something in that scene, especially with the uh, daughter kind of crying in the background. Uh, but overall, the characters and their interactions, the relationships they have, really make this film what it is. And there are too many standout performances to list them all. Okay, thank you very much. Austin, offer you, offer you the chance to rebut anything, or shall I go straight to Gavin? No, I'll go straight. I'll catch you in my uh, closing argument. No problem. Gavin, so this one is... <laughs> <laughs> just, just making sure you're paying attention. Um, this one's unequivocally on, on characters. Um, now, Joel says there's a number of great supporting performances as well as lead performances here. He says the characters are well-written, uh, it, it makes a good point. In a lot of zombie films, certainly the ones I've seen, there's uh, quite a few instances where the characters are just fodder, basically. Mm. They're there to get eaten or mauled. Whereas in this one, you actually care about some of the supporting characters. Yeah. Austin begs to differ. There was faint praise for some of the performances there, but he, he differs on quite a few points. What do you think? 
I think um, I, I agree with a lot of what both of them are saying, to be honest. I'm very much on the <laughs> fence here. I know, I know, not, not, not useful. I'm sorry. Uh, I think the performances were brilliant. Um, uh, Yu Gong, who played Sukwu, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, um, and also, uh, Joel alluded to it, Suan Kim before he plays the little girl, Suan. She was so incredibly powerful. Her performance was brilliant. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she uh, grows up to be like a, a really big player in both South Korean and you know, uh, Western cinema. Um, I also really like Dong Sukma, who played uh, Sangkwa, uh, who was the absolute badass. I thought his character arc was very well written out. Um, I, th- I think... Of of the characters, those those four ones essentially the father, the daughter, and then the badass and his and his pregnant wife, they were the most well fleshed out characters. The rest, I, I can see where Arcee's coming from. You know, some of them are a bit weaker. Uh, some of them you don't really care that much about. The two old ladies, for example, they weren't as fleshed out as as perhaps the other ones were. A lot of the people from the basketball or baseball team, sorry, they. I, I couldn't really care what happened to them. To be fair, even even the main two, um, I've. I, I didn't feel as strong as affiliation to them as it is as some of the other characters. Um, I think as well as Yon Suk, who was just the sh- the shitbag uh, bad guy, I think he was a bit of a fall guy. I think it was a bit of a lazy sort of story tool. Um, he, he, you know, he was very selfish. He was scared, but he was also the reason that most of the shit in the film happened. He directly caused seven main characters to be killed, arguably many more as well. And it seemed a bit lazy at times that it, it, the writers were sort of like, "Oh, how can how can this happen? Or how can we move on to the next point? Oh, just get that shitbag businessman to do it again, you know?" And it was just uh, you get to a point where you're like, "For fuck's sake!" I know he's evil, you know. And I can kind of see what Ozzy's talking about. I did think that his his death was satisfying though, but I think when Ozzy's saying you were expecting it to be much greater, I think that maybe some people might feel that they've just been shortchanged. But I I I, I, I thought it was good. I will argue about the female characters, though, um, just briefly. I did think that they could have been, you know, written slightly better. And I know I bring this up quite a bit, and I don't ever want, uh, you know, it's it's not that I'm saying that the film was bad. I'm just saying that the female characters could have been written a bit a bit better. They, they, they seem like the sort of weak female stereotypes, you know, there's a little girl, a teenager, a pregnant lady, and an old woman, essentially, with the, with, the, with females. And none of them did anything particularly heroic. Um, a lot of them were used as damsels in distress, specifically the, the pregnant lady and the girl who were just essentially crying for the, the last sort of 30 minutes of the film, uh, whereas the male characters had all these really heroic sections and actions and bits of dialogue. And I just thought, like, you know, some of that could have gone to those female characters. But, you know, it's not to say that it was a bad film. I just think that those characters could have been a little bit better written. But the performances were fantastic. In a, in in. I know it's not my, my role, but in defense of some of the female characters, female zombies actually were by far the best. Uh, <laughs> they were they were pretty scary. And also, pregnant lady and um, and daughter, incredibly fast runners when they were catching up with a train that is moving or rapidly accelerating. Uh, yeah. How those that. guys got on she, that. that she's was running fair. for two now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, uh, yeah. one thing that Ozzy pointed upon earlier, but it, uh, Joel didn't, was about the class system thing. And I think that worked quite well. 
I think that the, we should the, not brought it I up. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was intrigued by that, to be honest with you. I, I think it worked quite well because you had the more, the, you know, the powerful businessman. He was essentially the shitbag, and then there was a homeless character that a lot of people were kind of um, trying to distance themselves from, and he ended up being a really heroic character right at, at the end. And it just goes to show like perceptions on on everything. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, and uh, characters who are nice to other characters ended up, you know, surviving or living longer than characters who tried to just think for themselves and try and you know get ahead even when they were doing stuff like barricading themselves in train carriages or jumping onto the next train didn't ultimately mean that they lived longer than other characters okay thank you very much um i think we're almost there then gentlemen i'd like to hear closing arguments who would like to go first i'll uh, i'll go first take it away mate listen the train to busan is could have been a great album name for a prog rock band that you, the honorable judge would have paid good money to go and see Mm-hmm. Train to Busan as a film, probably a film you don't want to pay good money to go and see. This is a, it's a zombie, zombie film in a genre that's massively oversaturated, both in the, on the TV screen, silver screen, books everywhere. It's a difficult genre to, to break into. You've got to stay fresh. You've got to keep interest. And this film is none of them. It's fine, but it's not great. It's just <coughs> filled with typical zombie tropes. You know, there's... Some sections of this film where things slow down to a crawl and it is just unnecessary. And as a as a viewer, all I really want is for the zombies to go eating people again. Just get back on it. The ending to this film is where it really breaks down. It, it goes from the from the fine to the ridiculous rather than the sublime. You know, it's all okay, but it just goes incredibly out. It's just dies, you know, it's just, it goes slow. What would have been great is if the very ending, everyone was dead. No more zombies. <laughs> No more zombies. And uh, that's the album title that Tangerine Dream (laughs) wish they had. (laughs) Right, Joel, I would imagine you differ. Um, I do. So this film is a no-brainer. Everybody can enjoy this film. (laughs) Not necessarily do you have to be into horror or to be a fan of zombies to enjoy this. It's for absolutely everybody. It's a non-stop thrill ride. It's completely worth your time. The performances, the characters, they will all keep you entertained, glued to the screen. It's filled with emotion, with tension, with action, and what else really do you need? If you are looking for a fresh film and maybe something different, then this will fit the bill. Thank you very much. Succinct. Where's that gong? Lazy gong. <laughs> work, work. Jim, you, you still had like 30 seconds left. <laughs> I thought I had time. I thought I had time. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to muse... Over that, I'm going to have a few thoughts, and I believe Gav is going to stop my train of thought right now. Oh, good one. Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so what we're going to have here is a quiz all about trains <laughs> in, a, in a quiz that I haven't named, but it's uh, called Training Day. No, <laughs> that doesn't matter. Whatever, shut up. It's hard. <laughs> no, no one said. <laughs> right. So, the, so essentially, all of you got three questions each. You've got to get them right. Uh, if you can't think of the answer, it will be passed over to somebody else. The first one to shout the correct answer will get the points. Okay. But no shouting out just yet. Joel, you've got the first question. Director Sang Ho Yun directed a tie-in animated film to Train to Busan featuring trains. What was it called? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on oh, Mastermind, I would no love idea. that to be someone's response one day. Uh, Austin? 
Is it Soul Station? Well done, Austin. Yes, it nice. is. Right. Okay. So moving on to Dave. Dave, your first question. Kenneth Branagh directed and starred as Poirot in the remake of Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> but who played the mustachioed Belgian in the original 1974 version? That was gotta get these one right uh, that was albert finney it was the like great i was in my, in my head i was like <laughs> in my head was it was it ustinov and i was like no he was definitely showing his age again <laughs> <laughs> it was the late great albert finney uh, yes um austin your question darling uh, Ling limited directed by some ads some i don't know some amateur some, some, some amateur lads uh featuring nobody's favorite movie brothers the wilsons <laughs> But who played the third brother in the Darjeeling Limited? Oh, um, I can't remember. No idea. Throwing it out, anybody? Um, Never seen it. Oh, no. No? Yeah, I've not. Jason Schwarzman? Yes, well done, Ozzy. Ozzy, we're in two to one. Okay, Joel, your second question. What was the one attribute that Keanu Reeves had as an advantage over Dennis Hopper in speed? (laughs) The one attribute. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give you three, two, one. Dave, he's taller. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not quite the last thing Dennis Hopper would hear because his head was miles away by this yeah. point. But after he kills Dennis Hopper, yeah. like, I'm taller. <laughs> I'm smarter than you. I'm bigger. Than you. <laughs> no, but I'm tall. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Dave, your second question: What was the first collaboration between Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor? Oh. It was set on a train. Oh, God, I was going to say, but it's got some different trains. The name of the film is the name of the train. Oh, no. Anybody? No. Something Express. No. Silver Streak. Oh. Okay, Ozzy, right, your second question here. What <laughs> delicious beverage do the passengers sing about on the Polar Express? Mm. Oh, chocolate? Yes, well oh, done. Really? <laughs> Ozzy is winning. Guess, <laughs> yeah. Three to one, well done, mate. That sounds like a Christmas film. What do I want at Christmas? Uh, yeah. And it was either mulled wine or hot chocolate. So. Absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says Christmas. Like absinthe. <laughs> like whiskey through the eye. <laughs> Joel, right, your third question. Which MCU regular mm. punched his way through the underrated sci-fi gem, Snowpiercer? Jesus Christ, man. Throw me a fucking bone with some of these questions. <laughs> I literally no gave idea. you the punchline of speed. <laughs> no idea. I've never heard of that film. Oh, it's it's a really good film. Um, MCU. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, one and of the, the first clue. original uh, MCU. Chris Evans. Yes, well done. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Right, uh, Dave, uh, your third question. Who was the romantic interest for brothers Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson in Money Train? Um, I have no idea. I've never seen it. Oh, mate, you're missing out. Anybody else? No, no idea. No. Heard of it. Jennifer Lopez. <coughs> Are these questions too difficult? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Maybe you just need to fucking bone up. Watch more films. <laughs> yeah. And Ozzy, your last question. Who was the girl on the train? Which actress played the girl on the train? Podcast favorite here. This girl on the train? Yeah. No, no, no. The, no, film, no. That we just watched. the no. film Girl on the Train. I've never even heard of the film. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm gone. Give it to Joel. 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 Give it to Joel. Joel. Uh, it's Emily Blunt, isn't it? Well done. Oh, it? Well done. Yeah, it is Emily Blunt, podcast favorite, Emily Blunt. Uh, so, Ozzy, well done, mate. You actually won a quiz. Woo-hoo! I think that might be, <laughs> might be the first one. Well done. <laughs> 
Uh, your prize is I, half a Freddo. I do like... <laughs> what, what happened to the other half? I ate it. <laughs> I do like that um, when we have a quiz like this, particularly a Gav quiz, my questions are considerably easier than everyone <laughs> so yeah. I have to do minimal research to get to win. To be so. fair, I didn't know that hot chocolate one. Yeah, well done. I don't yeah, think any of us. That was just a guess. Yeah, it's a good guess. Lucky guess. Better than my absence guess, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you did know the, the Saw Station one as well. So. Oh, yeah, well, that was part of my research for um, this film. I didn't watch Saw Station. I just read about it. It's not. That's uh, all you need. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Dave. Go. Cool. Right, thank you very much for that, Gav. Right, so while that was going on, I did have a little time to consider... And yeah, this is actually trickier than I thought it was going to be. I've heard good things about Train to Busan in the past. And Austin's come up with some very good points, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he says the, there's not very much originality to this film. You know, it's a very saturated genre. And he's quite right. It is that the zombie genre is, let's face it, still going strong years after Night of the Living Dead, which wasn't even the first zombie horror film now that I think about it. But it's uh, the genre is going strong and it's hard to get any originality in there. But like Joel said and Gavin agreed, there is some. There are elements of originality to it, which is quite impressive, really, when you think about it, when you think how long the genre's gone on. Um, and it's, it, it, the characterization, even by Austin's own admission, there were flashes of brilliance. A lot of it was acceptable. A lot of it was passable. There were some really good moments, some good characters. Some were poorly written. You know, it seems to be a bit of a mixed bag, but there were flashes of real excellence in there. And, you know, the direction, again, with the director coming from an animation background, and pleased to hear that he actually delivered what seems to be quite a good job. Austin may not agree, but it seems to be from Gavin and Joel that the director did a good job on his first venture into live action. And I think all in all, from what I've gathered, a little originality in such a saturated genre, should be lauded. And I think from what I've gathered from this, I think I'm going to call this a hit. Well done, well done. Right, uh, so honest opinions. Uh, right, Joel, we obviously know that you really like this film because you picked it. Uh, Austin, though, what did you think? I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought it was really entertaining. Thank I, God um, for that. I, I, I think it's on the right list. It was a, um, there was a little time when I was watching it, actually. I, um, I left it, so I was watching it sort of just as it was going to dusk. I let the, let the dog out in the back garden, left the door open, I forgot. And then pretty much the very first jump scene, the dog came sprinting back in, so, <laughs> so it was extra scary for me. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was really good film. I thought it was quite well done. Characters were better written than I, um, than I expressed. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, for the most part, yeah, not, not the most original, but there were some good bits. What I really would have liked is at the end, there's a great scene and it's it's really well done where the, the pregnant lady and the kid are walking through the tunnel. Oh, yeah. And um, the guy's got them in his sniper sights and I just think it would have been great if they'd have just been shot dead. Oh, what? <laughs> like, I just think it wow. would have been more... Like, it was already quite, you know, up to that point you've had a, a big... Yeah. Uh, you know, a big roller coaster ride of emotions, and I just think that would have been a nice, or yeah. maybe not a happy ending. Yeah, but, you that know, sounds like ending. to me. Could that be a nod to Night of the Living Dead, mm, yeah. where at the end of the film your protagonist is shot dead, and it's kind of like a no, they didn't. Oh, right, kind okay, of yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Is it a nod to that? Maybe, and, yeah, maybe, yeah. and the audience is yeah, it, it, on the edge of the seat, think, wondering, is that going to happen? Yeah, yeah. so it, it could have been a it could have been a nice way to to end. It was still a good mm. ending. I, I enjoyed it. I think a lot of zombie films like. 
Sometimes I think, why do I like them? Because they always end in such depressing ways. Nearly yeah. every zombie <laughs> film, their entire survivor base is wiped out. And even when they're not wiped out, you kind of led to believe. Like, I think the remake of um, Dawn of the Dead, like, they land in that island, and then in the credits, you see zombies running about on the island. Oh, yeah, yeah, believe, so you like, never make it out. Yeah. Whereas here, like, it kind of gives you, like, a little bit of hope. I think there's only two of them that survive. But I just thought, you know, it, it was nice for it to end on a positive note rather yeah, than yeah. literally everybody being fucking dead. Okay, so, I, so I've not seen that many zombie films, so maybe my suggestion of actually kill those two <laughs> would, have <made> it even <laughs> less, would have made it even less original, you know? So, um, But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. a good film. I think, the, right list. I think the clincher for me was, am I looking forward to watching this? And the answer is, yeah. yeah. Based on what I've heard tonight, I am yeah. looking forward I, to it. I genuinely enjoy the film, by the way. You know, I, I just always try and give like a balanced sort of opinion. I try and like argue for both sides of the argument um but yeah I, I genuinely enjoyed it um and yeah i think it would have been interesting if they would have been shot at the end because it would have been a direct nod to uh, night of the living dead but I, I can see why they didn't because it's quite bleak up until that point so to end it on a bleak note will kind of send you home unhappy yeah. one film i did think of a uh, zombie land that's a film where none of the uh, survivors die apart from bill murray Apart from Bill Murray, yeah. <laughs> that's upsetting. And they probably thought we can't kill any more people off after killing Bill Murray. <laughs> but then again, he's returning for Zombieland 2, isn't he? So, um, I'm intrigued. Maybe he's a zombie. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But uh, it's funny what you're saying. It kind of ties in with my trivia, actually. With this being quite simple, my trivia is simply, this is South Korea's first ever zombie movie. Oh, yeah. Which is quite impressive, I thought. Yeah, this is the, the genre's been around for so long. They've got a huge cinema industry you know it, it's not the first south korean film to make it across make big waves in the west this is their first attempt at a zombie movie and by the sounds of it they did quite a good job for it so <laughs> maybe the reason they didn't kill off all the survivors <laughs> just easing the korean audiences into it gently you know? yeah I, I, man that's i find that so hard to believe it's crazy I, isn't it i watched a um a film years ago called our point which was south korean which is about uh, the vietnam war uh, and i'm sure there were zombies in that that's a ghost one, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. about the old unit going to a, the, the is, yeah. temple? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Don't yeah. try and outfilm Dave. <laughs> that's that's yeah, yeah. ghosts. You Just lent me that film. I was going to say, I lent Dave <laughs> that, film, that film, and he's remembered yeah. it more <laughs> than me. That, that was ghosts, gentlemen. That was ghosts. It was, it was, it was ghosts. Um, oh, yeah, okay, right. So, uh, higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> higher. I'm going to say higher. Safely right. higher. From so, what I've heard, it's going to be higher. So, 6.4 out of 10 for Tango and Cash. a long way higher. Uh, and Train to Busan. Mm, I reckon high sevens. Yeah. Maybe 8.1? Uh, 7.5. So okay. smack in the middle, but 72 on Metacritic, so very high on that. Uh, so once again, I put a poll up on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list Train to Busan should be placed on, and uh, a resounding success ended up on the hit list with 84%, which I think is one of the highest ones that we've had. Um, we've had a lot of kind of positive comments about the film like well done for picking this somebody said I can't believe 17 people have put this on the shit list <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah so I think uh, your you, verdict is safe there Dave. I am relieved <laughs> so uh, before we adjourn the case I think it's time for a little bit of a caption contest so what we do here is we take a screenshot from the film and put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog shaped chocolatey treat Okay, so the. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, just prevent my cat. Yeah, that cat's just come for the. Um, I mean, actually, surprisingly enough, the cat came for these cookies of yours, these FODMAP friendly cookies. 
and, and walked, then walked away. away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that says yeah. a lot about exactly. this shit you're having to eat. Exactly. The, the cat would rather <laughs> clean its own arsehole <laughs> than eat one of my cookies. <laughs> well, they taste better as well. <laughs> <laughs> really selling the FODMAP diet. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> the screenshot uh, I have taken is of a very hangry-looking, bloodied zombie letting out a big roar and i think this is one of the most popular ones that we've had so we've got it like well over 25 um comments here so i'm just going to read out a few um so number one is i asked for medium rare this is raw <laughs> <laughs> um, another one is only one month until game of thrones and end game damn right uh, uh, number three when you step on a lego <laughs> <laughs> um and number four mum says it's my turn to play on the xbox <laughs> uh, another one uh, boycott captain marvel and women everywhere obviously the joking about the sort of uh, right right wing response to I captain so. marvel um i hope so as well yeah. um uh, next one is ignoring bleeding gums can lead to terrifying results <laughs> Oh, the next two are pretty disgusting, but I feel like I should read them out anyway. Uh, <laughs> use can... your better judgment, Gav. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> so the first one is, when your girl is on her period and she creeps on oh, your face. No. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, edit, edit that out. <laughs> okay, oh right, God. edit that no. one. And the next one is, true gangsters run red lights, uh, which is a joke about. Yeah, we know what that's saying. <laughs> the same thing. We know what that is. <laughs> is that the same joke? <laughs> sort of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bleed that as well, uh, <laughs> Uh, when I walk behind slow walkers, and um, <laughs> and that's it. To be honest, that's oh. so. <laughs> um, I'm I'm with guns, gums or Lego. The, the bleeding gums one for me. I'm with the bleeding gums one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. I was going to say uh, when you step on a Lego, I'm pretty sure that, uh, they, that? <laughs> they they just keep on submitting that one for everything. <laughs> I've heard that one before, but it's so apt. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. I've got to give it to the gums one. Okay, so uh, congratulations to S's. You've just won yourself a flippity Freddo. <laughs> okay, so um, before we call it a day, we wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends, uh, Colby Mack. Uh, so a really, really interesting and insightful movie reviews on his blog, which you can read on his site at colbytoldme.com. You can also check him out on Twitter as well, at Colby Told Me. That's Colby, K-O-L-B-Y. Uh, he's really funny and engaging, and his Twitter feed is, is always great, to be honest. He's always asking really good questions, um, really getting sort of his followers engaged. And he provides really good insights and um, interviews uh, about news, TVs, movies in general. Really, really fun. So check him out, at Colby Told Me. So our next film on trial has been picked out of the hat at random during this episode, and it is Mystery Men. Uh, oh. Yes, mi- mystery men. Mystery. So it's a kind of a piss take on superhero films before superhero films really became massively popular. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was recommended to us by Dave's lovely girlfriend and longtime supporter of the podcast, Cat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's uh, good to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about time she did something. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> no, I think it's. Uh, I was saying good as in it's about time we got round to this because I think she put it in the hat uh, in our first week. Like I think it was one of the very first films. That I think it's. I think it was in the hat when I joined, so it's pre pre me. 
Yeah. So it's all yeah. your fault, essentially. I've just been ignoring it, yeah. I don't know what that one is. <laughs> Although that's just, I say that about pretty much every film. I don't know that one. You are in for a treat. <laughs> so all wait. of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random as well. So in defense is going to be Dave. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. worked out well. Aptly so, I believe. Uh, I mean, it's a good job. <laughs> you didn't end up as prosecution because I don't think you'd be able to live it down. Is it, is it a good thing, though? If Dave doesn't get it on the hit list, he won't be going how, how can I not? Are you? go home and the, uh, the locks will be changed <laughs> so in prosecution is me uh, and I couldn't even get the words out then character witnesses are Alex and Ozzy which means the judge is going to be Joel um, so uh, thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode and please remember to like share and subscribe tell all your friends tell all your family tell all the passengers on the inbound train to Busan um, <laughs> Just spread the warm love that is film central in as many ears as possible. A quick story about Train to Busan. Uh, so when this film came out, our good friend Big Dave, who's been oh, on yeah, the show yeah. before, he was actually living in South Korea. And I messaged him and said... Oh, yeah, I remember this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, me- I messaged him and was like, oh, mate, check out Train to Busan. It is quality. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, um, you know, it was really, really good. Um, you know, uh, th- that's, that's all he could say about it. And anyway, we had about like a three-minute back and forth chat about train to Busan before I realized that he thought I was talking about the actual train like, to Busan. Like taking the journey. Yeah, he was thinking about this fucking train journey in Korea. I was like, no, obviously, I've never been to South Korea. And if I went, do you think the first thing that they mention is like, oh, mate, this fucking train journey, unbelievable, man. So fluid. Fluid train journey to this nondescript town in the, in the suburbs yeah, or I'm, out, I'm, out I'm, in the countryside. I'm like looking back at it, looking back at it as well. I mean, like I was saying, like oh yeah, it was uh, it was it was really qu- it was really quick, it was fast paced, it was really enjoyable, <laughs> and it's sort of like uh, yeah, just, whatever. It's like just aren't they just normal adjectives to describe the eyes of people at train? The body count was a little high. But yeah, that's traveling by train though, isn't it, mate? <laughs> Risks you got to take. So yeah, so uh, please uh, do remember to follow us on Twitter at Film Charles, where you can recommend films for us to put on trial, and follow our fantastic graphic artist Winston Sang at the underscore quirks also check out our website uh, filmsontrial.co.uk check us out on Facebook Instagram and subscribe to our new YouTube channel for regular weekly content all films on trial so that's it Train to Busan is a hit and we'll be in your ears next week with Mystery Men thank you everyone goodbye (laughs) 